Welcome aboard this week's podcast of Dudes Dish Disney. Get ready for amazing attractions across America. Beer halls and bar rooms, banquets and beverages, a collection of characters and colleagues. No cupcakes. It's Dudes Dishing Disney. This episode of Dudes Dish Disney is sponsored by Magic Vacations. Magic Vacations. Discover the magic of travel. And now your hosts, the dudes of Dudes Dish Disney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dudes Dish Disney. Joining us today is Jonathan, our producer. He's our resident tech dude. What's going on, guys? And also joining us today is Ryan, our co-host. He is the number one Disney dude. What's up, dudes? And I'm Congo Carl, former Jungle Cruise skipper, here to guide you through this week's episode of Dudes, Dish, Disney. And on this week, we're taking you on the latest and greatest and most exciting attraction coming to the Magic Kingdom. That's right. This week is our review and interpretations of Tron. Right, dudes? Yeah. Yeah, this this is going to be a good one here. The pre-review review, yes. <laughs> We're reviewing what it is, not what it's not, what it what it feels like to ride it, because we haven't ridden it yet, but we're all very excited to do so. But you know, VIPs like the Dudes Dish Disney often get wind of this information ahead of the regular media. So we wanted to share it with you. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't realize that we were getting all this classified information. I, I didn't realize we were VIPs. So this is this is fantastic news. You know. Wait, you got a credential before the rest of us got a credential? I'm the one who works in the media here, not not you. Hey, you know we're nationally known all over the state. <laughs> you sure. know, you know we actually ranked in Taiwan uh, for the podcast. It's pretty pretty fun. I did, and it's you know I think the increase in uh, both Tokyo Disneyland and uh, Shanghai has been due to our show. So they're very thankful, yeah. and that's why we wanted to you know, give this little tribute to Tron because it uh, debuted in Shanghai. Right, guys? Yeah, we got to stop thinking locally and start thinking globally. (laughs) Uh... All right. Enough Pauly Shore references for the day. So to all our listeners in Taiwan, Ling Chao, Dudes Dish Disney. So Nice. Did, Did you work hard on that one for a while there? I did. I did. And that's about all I have to contribute to today's show. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Tron, other than, you know, the background. Maybe we start with the background of the movie. Were you guys even born when that movie came out? John was not. No. So the one that this one's based off of, I was. This was based off of the 2010 version of of that movie, not, not the original movie. So, okay. Fair enough, but the 2010 version was very largely based off of the 1982 version, yes. where, where you were not born yet. No, uh, I, I was many, many years off from that point. Yeah, I was barely alive for that, Carl. So really, you probably saw it in the theaters by yourself, I without did an adult. See, I did yeah. see it in the theaters, yeah. Um, the the uh, Because it was, you know, that's the way we used to see movies. There wasn't <laughs> online streaming or not even VHS back in 1982. But um, yeah, so give our give our listeners a little overview basis of those two movies and, and what this is all about. 
John, why don't you give an overview of the movies? I feel like, especially coming from the 2020, 2010 side. All right, I'm going to be honest with the show, with everybody right now. I have seen the 1982 version. I have seen the 2010 version. When I saw the 2010 in the theaters, Carl, because I'm not that much younger than you, I suppose, I was very heavily inebriated. <laughs> so I, I, uh, yeah, Tron and IMAX was a lot of fun. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but so I probably don't remember it as well as John does. So I'll let John, John kind of bring us home with that. So I had to go remind myself of the one because I did not see this one in the theaters. Um, I ended up streaming this one, um, because it wasn't one of my first choices to go see, to be honest here. Um, because it just, I don't know, it just, it just wasn't, but basically what it is, uh, I'm reading literally almost a verbatim of the uh the pilot here what this what that says here uh in 1989 uh kevin flynn who was promoted to ceo of ncom international seven years earlier from that disappears 20 years later his son sam now the primary shareholder pranks the corporation by releasing a signature operating system online for free Encom exclusively, uh, executive, excuse me, Alan um, Bradley, Flynn's older friend, approves of this, believing in aligning with Flynn's idea of op opening software. Nonetheless, Sam is arrested for trespassing. Basically, it was all done by basically kind of, in a sense, free software that people are allowed to use and get into and creates all kinds of havoc. Yep. Um, the simplest way of what happened here was basically somehow he gets into the software, kind of becomes digital, um, and then has to help all these folks out by kind of creating and working through all these problems. It's a decent movie. It's it's kind of a very sci-fi-ish movie, but it's decent. I'll give you that. It's definitely a decent movie. It's right know, up Ryan, the tech you dude's... Want to touch on. I, I yeah, I'm surprised that I, I thought for sure as the tech dude that you'd be all over this movie. But but let me give you a little bit more context here, okay? So basically, the movie in the eight in the '80s, the original movie, which the you know the 2010 is based off of. Make a long story short, is is Flynn's father from the 2010 movie, which is uh, uh was creating this program. Somebody stole his ideas. And became the CEO of this Encom Corporation, right? So he was backdooring his way in, basically hacking the system to try to prove that it was being stolen. Now, there's an AI system that's overseeing the protection of this computer program. And this is like, like you said, very sci-fi, right? Like it's very much like movies these days that look at like AI, like iRobot, right? Now AI just like takes over. And that's essentially what Tron was. It was like some of the early beginnings of AI taking over and stopping humans from being able to do what they wanted to do. So, so Flynn goes in, he basically gets sucked into the mainframe, uh, but he's the only human in the mainframe that he's aware of. Otherwise, there's all these digital representations of the other creators that are there. Um, it, that's essentially the basis of the movie. And he's fighting his way through and it's a lot of blue lights and red lights and yellow lights and super 80s style, you know, animations and stuff like that. And what's funny is, is when it first came out, it was actually not received very well. 
you know, it was, it became very much a cult classic. It turned movie. into a cult classic. It used to be not the level of Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it was pretty much a cult in the, in the middle, late eighties. Yep. And that's when I, I got in. It's so eighties because as technology invest, advanced, we used to laugh at the concept of it's a mainframe. Ha ha ha. Nobody yep. has a mainframe anymore. Right. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and that's, that was kind of, uh brought it to the retro feeling uh, of it but uh oh yeah good job guys on on the recaps of of those movies so yeah so the the second movie is you know tied into his son obviously coming out and you know and uh and, and saving the day similar to the way his father did trying to find his dad yeah. you know he's trying he's convinced his dad is still out there somewhere and essentially he's trying to find his dad so yeah i mean it, it's amazing though to think that 30 some odd years of a cult movie not only gave us then a second movie but then six years later gave us this major attraction right at a theme park right and this was a movie that was not well received until it was turned into comic books and video games that's when it really started taking off um and kind of fitting for what it is right mm -hmm. kind of fitting for what it is but yeah then the attraction starts in, in shanghai in 2016 and that became an instant success for disney yeah that the it 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 took off like crazy i mean the love of the folks for this ride is is incredible out there and then when it was announced that it was being built at magic kingdom folks here in the u.s went nuts they went absolutely nuts when they when they got the news of this so yeah it's gonna so be a really good ride so in Shanghai, it opened June 16th, 2016, which is a day before my birthday. Uh, so pretty easy for me to remember. And it was named as Tron Light Cycle Power Run. And the concept of the ride, the reason why it became the Tron Run is because the motorbikes that you're sitting at for this steel coaster were designed to look like the, the Tron bikes in the movies. You know, these thin bikes that are basically super fast have glow up wheels on them uh and you're seated in what's basically a motorcycle and you're seated as though you're in a motorcycle and we're not talking Hagrid's Harley style motor motorcycle right we're talking like lean down Suzuki style it's a like cycle right it's yeah. a like cycle from yeah, it's the a light cycle and um it, what I love so much about viewing the attraction is that in the initial stages and as you're boarding and you launch it, the movie the light cycles are racing other light cycles all the time right and that's uh in the original movie that's you know really what it's about and how they recreate that illusion in the ride through mirrors so when you are getting ready to launch and go through this sequence there are mirrors on both sides of the platform and when you look at it it looks like there's three taking off not one right mm -hmm. um and so very cleverly done uh because i always imagine not seeing the ride i said how are they going to replicate that how can they have multiple you know uh, vehicles going through this ride and simulate a race because there are racing roller coasters right so i was thinking oh that's the original one but true to form you know disney uses their magic and it's one better they said yeah we'll solve this problem we'll do it with mirrors yeah and they did. <laughs> so, so yeah so ultimately the ride system itself has 14 cars on it 14 bikes on it 14 people so it's two by two and then seven total cars uh linked together in a train of of cars if you will it's a train of cars of motorcycles right 
there's going to be comparisons to Hagrid's, obviously, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I really wouldn't even put it close to that. It's not. It's, it, it's, it's, it's different. It's not the same type of track. There's, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. Oh yes, of course. The theming takes it out, but I mean, it's certainly um, the position. I'm anxious to get into as before your board. I'm sure there's a test vehicle to get into it. It seems to me like the position that you get into is going to be similar to the, what you do in flight of passage, right? You're going to be yep. leaning forward. Yeah. There's something over your back, et cetera. Except this time that piece is going to probably hold you in place to keep you in, right? It, Versus. I'm really hoping I don't get motion sickness from it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, they've had some cars out uh, in the past. I haven't seen them the last few times I was there, but, but I know we have an MVP who's got a picture of herself in the cars, uh, bikes, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, but they've had them out there in the past. You're right. They're probably going to have something like that. I'm legit working to lose weight to make sure that when I go, I'm not denied entry on that ride because I don't care what happens. Disney's pretty good with the fat testing. You know, usually big guys can get on rides, uh, but I have been turned down other places before. So that's not going to happen with Tron. I'm going to be ready to roll when that, when that comes out. But, um, I think it's going to be awesome. It's the track itself is impressive. It's over a mile of track right yeah, it's, it's it's over 3100 massive feet. track it yeah. really is a massive track it's it's incredible like just looking at what what's there now what you see outdoors compared to what's indoors i mean it's 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 truly almost i'd say close to 50 50 what you see outdoors what you see indoors it's it's really impressive because it doesn't seem that long of a track but it really is a massive track so we should talk about what you mean by outdoors versus indoors, John. So for those who aren't familiar with it, there's essentially a gigantic canopy that goes over the top of the coaster. And some of it's indoors and some of it's outdoors, but the canopy like changes lights and it changes colors. And it's just adding to that 80s retro gaming kind of feel to it. That's what's going on at Shanghai. And they're bringing that over to Magic Kingdom as well you know, to kind of have that feeling. So part of the track does run outside and you can, if you're say on the people mover right now, you can see it, you know, and you can see some of what's inside, but you can't see everything that's in there. And it, it like, like John said, it's a massive track that's inside that's being hidden right now. Well, it's a large show building too, that it goes through for the special effects too. Yeah. And the, and the outdoor sessions that you see, you know, you have to physically walk over there and i'm sure it's part of the entrance to the queue or the exit to the queue is there under that canopy too um but you physically have to take a hike over there it's tucked in back behind uh the exits of space mountain so they're working on the the pathways and the um and the uh, architecture uh, and queue lines to get over there so it's um, it would it's impressive from a distance you can't see it the people mover also from the train now which is reopened you can see it from it especially when they're doing um, test running and there's a section of the train that actually goes by um, an open glass section where you can see the roller coaster if you happen to be synced up at the same time uh, pass through so um, similar to the way that the the train lets you peek into splash mountain um so that that's that's there so other than the the people mover and the train there's not too many venues to to have a view of it today yeah it's kind of funny so when i think about the location of it um uh, for those who don't know i'm a, I'm a reformed smoker i used to smoke heavily uh i haven't in several years uh, uh, whatever but this area where they built tron 
was one of the last smoking sections inside of the Magic Kingdom. There was a pathway that connected Tomorrowland to the, the circus area. And in the middle of that pathway was one of the last few remaining smoking sections. That was all torn out and taken down. Obviously, there's no more smoking inside of the parks. But that's essentially where they built Tron, was back in that section over there. So for all my fellow Reformed or maybe even current smokers out there who've been to Disney, maybe that helps you put pinpoint where it is. So what is the, what, what's the theming as, uh, as you get into the uh, queue? Uh, will this queue be nominated for one of the best queues, or is it kind of uh, a little bit uh, low on the pre-show sections as you as you come up to the uh, main event? So I would say it's it's definitely going to be up there. It's 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 going to be up there. It's very futuristic, very um, very tech technological kind of what it does. You get a lot of the screens. You immediately get immersed the moment you walk into the queue. Um, and you definitely feel like you're in the world of Tron. Um, it's it's a lot of like Ryan said earlier, a lot of blues, a lot of those light that color. It, it definitely gives that vibe instantly the moment you walk in there. Um, it's 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 going to get nominated for so many awards instantly once once this ride opens. It, there's no doubt about it. I'll be interested to see if they nominate it for a lot of reward uh, awards. I think it's going to be awesome for Disney. Right. And we can get into the specifics of the ride in a minute. I think it's going to be awesome for Disney. But, you know, when it was created in Shanghai, it was really like I think the highest it placed in the worldwide awards was like 35th in the world for overall uh, steel coasters. Um, now, that's still pretty impressive if you really think about steel coasters in general. Right. right? But for Disney, that's really impressive because they don't have many coasters that would even come anywhere close to sniffing the top 100 on that list so for disney yes i think it's going to be a game changer in orlando uh just as it has been in shanghai a lot of people have gone to shanghai just for this ride mm. they've literally gone to the shanghai park literally for this ride and the people that i know have done it have said it was worth it i mean and that says something like i'm going to china <laughs> to ride a roller coaster and it was worth it okay I now you know I'm psyched for it for that reason. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean one one thing, and again, like Ryan said, we'll start to touch on some of the facts of the ride itself here. Uh, but one thing to keep in mind is this is one of the fastest coasters Disney has ever made. It tops out around sixty miles an hour. Um, that's pretty fast for a Disney roller coaster. Most most Disney rides don't come close to that. So the fastest test track, right? Yeah, that track does, but it's not a coaster, right? Okay. So, in terms of coasters, that will be the fastest Disney coaster, right? Uh, in, in the United States, at least at 60. And Hagrid's is like 70, it can get up to 65, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so, they say it tops out at 70, but that's like optimal conditions. Yeah, so, yeah. um, okay, so we know that's that's a good uh, point of reference for us, right? On yeah. what that's like. So, yeah, so all right, spill the beans, tell me all about it. Yeah, so this sort of getting a lot of the facts here. Um, it's considered a steel launched uh, roller coaster, uh, manufactured by a company called Vacoma. They've done multiple other roller coasters, um, a bunch of Disney ones, uh, all over the world. They're famous all over the world. Oh and yeah, their their steel manufacturing was one of the first people after Arrow to twist and bend steel. And Vacoma, um, they you know basically a lot of the Six Flags. Um, 
convulsion course coasters that you see like you know they're called dark knight or batman or superman in different places all over coma steel um they've uh were the first for the reverse inamans loop which is kind of that outside circle uh loop rather than going inside of the soup is you know dangling your feet or the car goes on the outside so a lot of first for that company technology um very solid so it doesn't surprise me at all that they could uh come up with this one yeah absolutely um one thing to keep in mind too uh this is this coaster has zero inversions so if you are against inversions or any of that you don't have anything to worry about that on this one this is i don't know if they'll consider they consider this really a family coaster but without the inversions there's a better chance that you'll be very close to a family coaster here john um, I'm, I'm thinking of a steel coaster that's really smooth that's side by side with like seven or so carts that's that's somewhere in disney property right now that has no inversions what are you talking about slinky that's the one that's the <laughs> one <laughs> that's the one but it's similar to that style right where it's going to be a really smooth coaster you're going to have some inclines and you're going to have some drops and you're going to have some tight tight turns uh you know that kind of stuff uh but much faster right but that's I wanted to bring that up for people that are trying to get a comparison in their head on, in terms of on Disney property. Slinky Dog is going to be close to that. And just, just in terms of the what you can expect the ride to be like. I think the launch is going to feel a lot more like a rock and roller coaster, right? Sure. On yeah. that, you know, that more of a heavy induced launch. And the whole feel for the half of this ride, which is inside, will feel a little bit like a modern version of rock and roller coaster to the tron theme right right but i think you're right there's other components of it that are going to whisper slinky dog to you so i hope it's a i hope it's a good enough for most people in the family i don't know what the height requirements are do we know what the height requirements are on it i, I uh, just want to wait john does anybody whisper slinky dog to you no and I'm, I'm a little concerned that even what goes on in carl's head sometimes now that really that really frightens me a little bit Slinky dog. <laughs> All right. So um height 78.1 feet. <laughs> well, obviously you're not it's not the height to get on the ride. I, I honestly haven't seen John. Have you seen what the height requirements are to get on the ride? So from what I've read and what I've seen, it's telling me I'm seeing four feet. That's what I'm seeing inches. right now. So, 48 inches is yeah that's less yeah. than rock and roller coaster so that's that would so it's been... more than uh it's more than big thunder mm -hmm. big thunder's 42 right um it's it's less than um less uh, than rock and, less than rock and roller coaster rock and roller coaster is 50 right and it's less than everest and it's less than space mountain isn't space mountain um 50 inches everest and everest and um I honestly, you know, you'd think I'd know this off the top of my head, but I don't think Everest is 50. I think it's less than that because... No, Everest is less than that, but I'm thinking Space, oh, yeah. Space Mountain was 50. No, maybe. Maybe you're right. I, I don't know. But he, here's what I always base it off of. My son is, you know, 52 inches right now, but I've gone on all these rides with him and, and just this past year at six years old, uh, I'm sorry, seven years old. He was seven by this point. Seven years old was the first time he was able to do rock and roller coaster. So to me, that means for those who are listening, let's be honest, this is what you really want to know. 
yes, your six or five-year-old can probably ride this ride with you, depending on how close they are to that height. So it doesn't usually, not always, but usually Disney will put height requirements and they'll let you know right away, like, yeah, that's too much for your kid, right? That's too much for your kid. But at, at 48 inches, they're pretty much saying that your standard six-year-old can go on this ride. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, you look at the, so you get uh, Barnstormer at 38 inches mm -hmm. and Big Thunders at 40. Um, and so, yeah, if he's, this is at 40. 48. 48 is what was what we're seeing. Who knows what it'll be when it actually opens. They're still doing some testing that could change, but if if what we're seeing right now remains accurate, which you'd think it would since it's running in another country already, yeah, 48 inches. So the ride itself, um, once you get on, John talked about it already hits, it hits 60 miles per hour. Um, it's a little over a mile, 3,100 feet long. Uh, so the duration of the ride is about two minutes, give or take. So that's a pretty decent, pretty decent ride, right? You know, the two minutes is pretty solid. Uh, uh, Power of Terror is on the short end at like 28 seconds or 30 seconds for the total of that ride. So you're thinking four times that, right, for, for this ride, just in terms of overall time. Um, Carl, you always like to talk about how many people it eats up, right? So the capacity on this is uh, near 1,700 riders per hour. That's good. That is good. That is good. We talked about Peter Pan was what, 12 or 1,300? And that's yeah. on the low end. Um, so, you know, significantly more than that, 500 people more an hour than that is that's that's very stage. good for us for a stop and load attraction. That's a good yeah. throughput. So, yeah, it's really good. So so that's that's good, too. I mean, it's let's be honest, it's adding a much needed element to Tomorrowland. And if you can add it to a point where it's not only exciting and it keeps people in Tomorrowland and it helps eat people through it so that you can enjoy everything else in Tomorrowland that's a major plus yeah um, anything like that is is a plus and um i i hope that that uh you know pans out to be you know 1700 there's probably gonna be another 1700 in line for that hour so you're you're sucking away 3500 3600 people um you know and if that line's going to be longer which we know it will be when it opens up right you're going to take about 10,000 people out of circulation. And again, by the time this opens up, um, Splash Mountain is now closed. So I don't think it'll have an overall impact on the park, but it will once Tiana's Bayou comes back and we, we have everything operational at the same time. I'm curious what you guys think. How long do you think that initial line is going to be? Are we talking like the first couple of weeks or just like... The first week. The first week when it's always the craziest. I think we're going to see close to six, seven hours, to be honest with you. I I, I really do. Because that, that's just been, that's been typical lately with a lot of the newer rides for Disney. It's It's been that for the first week. And then it kind of drops down a couple, couple hours. You may be seeing it three, three and a half, depending on the day at that point then. I think you're right. I think it's only going to be six to seven hours because I think when it comes out, it's going to be virtual only. And by the time they let go of the virtual only, then it's going to, it's just like what happened on Rise the first week after the virtual only went away and people said oh i'm willing to go and stand in line now then it'll be six hours to get on it I think right right 
but at the same time, no I, don't, virtual I don't know what I don't know what the capacity is in that queue. I just I don't know how long of a capacity they have in that it, queue. It, from it's going to be long. But. From outside perspective, there's a lot of room there. There's a lot of room there. So from an outsider perspective, I'd be willing to bet that that queue is going to be amongst the longest in Disney property. Just just thinking about where it's situated and where you can go to from it, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'd be willing to bet that if there was no virtual queue, if that system never came out, that's probably a 10-hour line the day that it opens. Oh, at, at least. So what else? What else are we missing, John? Do you, do you have any info on how fast it goes? How many? Or we we know how many how fast it goes, but like any fun information? G's? How many G's it pushes? Yeah. Anything like that? So the the G force on this it's it surprised me when I read this. It's only four G's, which is less than a lot of some of the bigger bigger roller coasters. Um, I know Rock and Roller Coaster does five G's. Um, let me figure out. So do you think you think that's probably number one? That's I think that's fair, even though I, I it might be surprising. It it's Disney, right? They don't want to. There's not too many rides that push too many G's. I would imagine Rock and Roller Coasters one. I would imagine, uh, obviously, um, Mission Space is probably pushing more G's than you care to put on yourself. Um, you know, but I don't think there's a lot at Disney that push more. No, G's. there's there's not. That will be the that will certainly be. Um, the fastest, like you said, uh, rock and roller coaster was in second. It's like 57 miles an hour in three seconds. And if this is doing, you know, over 60 or 65, um, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely put that. And that might be why the, the height requirements a little taller. Um, I was yeah. just, I was just checking at 48 inches. It is taller than space mountain at 44. Right. So, yeah. um, so that means that I'm, with that and the g-force and the height requirement i'm it's not gonna definitely be in the slinky dog or seven dwarfs category it's going to be you know technically the height requirement is uh is bigger than everest right yeah. so speak well speaking of everest too i just i just found this out the uh the g-force on uh, expedition everest it's only three g's at max right that surprised me that that honestly surprised me especially with that that uh that reverse turn uh through there i figured you're hitting more g's than that so well, it just feels like more because you're going backwards yeah but it's the force on your body isn't that much more it's just that your brain's like what the hell is going on to me <laughs> you know <laughs> um but you know it doesn't surprise me because i think g's when you see g's it's going to be really steep drops and we've talked about how everest for instance that drop looks more steep than it actually is if you're looking at yeah. the, the ride from the outside so G's are going to increase from drops and they're going to increase from inversions. And if you don't have any major of either of those, you're not going to feel, you're not going to have that. It's just speed at that point, you know? So not changing gravity at all. Look, but, we, we can't be fat enough to have our own gravity, but the G-force will have an impact on big dudes like us. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So another fun fact about the ride is that it is going to be, as of right now, sponsored by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm not sure I'm a fan of that. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's one rental car property uh, or one rental car place on property, and it is Enterprise. Yes. Um, they also have Chevy doing test track, and Chevy is what does the sponsorship in Shanghai. So I'm surprised that they wouldn't have Chevy sponsor it 
you know, in Magic Kingdom, maybe maybe Chevy's like, we're spending enough money with you people already. Who knows? But you got to imagine somebody out there that's like a motorcycle manufacturer or has that would be willing to sponsor this. See, that would have been cool if Harley sponsored that. That would have been really cool. See, if I'm Harley, I'm sponsoring Hagrid's because that's right. more of a Harley style. Right? Yeah, if I'm Yamaha, I'm sponsoring yeah. Tron. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah, that does make a lot more sense. Music is supposed to be pretty cool. It is that is one of the benefits of the 2010 movie versus the 1980s movie is you're going to get some more high tech music. Uh, music right now is is Daft Punk is you know so you're going to get some pretty jamming music and get your heart heartbeat up while you're while you're cruising through too. Um, now, now, now the question is, Carl, do you know who that is? Daft Punk. Yeah. I do. They are a band. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I met a Deaf Punk once, that little whippersnapper. <laughs> no, I don't know who Deaf Punk is. I remember the music from the 2010 movie, but I didn't doesn't stand with me on who the I've never researched the the uh Deaf Punk Carl is electronic music. Have you ever seen the electronic um uh People that are making electronic music and they're wearing like shiny helmets, like they're from outer space. Got it. That's Daft Punk. Right, like like uh, Dead Mouse. Right, but Daft Punk is Dead Mouse has the actual like weird, weird head right. thing going on. Daft Punk is wearing like very futuristic. So it's it's basically created with people by people with no talent, is what you're telling. Oh that's you know. Oh, that's that's not that's that. Oh boy, you're gonna. I've got a good friend who's a neighbor who's a Disney fan who may or may not listen to this show, so I'm gonna refrain from that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think it's it's a good pump up music, right? It, you know, it's like the pump up music on on uh, Incredible Hulk, right? You know, Islands of Adventure. It's the same thing. It's electronic <laughs> music that's just there to get you going. So I'm down with that. It's it's good music. I don't listen to a lot of um, EDM and techno and all that stuff, but it's one that I listen to uh, off and on here, and it's good music. It really is. I mean, Disney liked them enough to make them do the score for the 2010 film and then use it for uh, the coaster. So they're classically will reprise anyone with talent and music, you know, to to come back and do the attractions, right? So yeah, um, and who knows? They might be. Uh, throw their hat in the ring for the replacement for the rock and roller coaster contract that's coming up so you never know they could uh you know if they're popular they could take over well it has been announced by the way that rock and roller coaster is going to close for a refurb but that it's going to reopen still as aerosmith yes so it is interesting i wonder if that's a sign or if that is just a we have a contract made is technically still not up for another some time um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how Disney reacts to uh, all the news lately. Yeah. So anyway, we're we're now we're now off topic, but still talking <laughs> steel coasters. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. You know, I'm not sure what else to share at this point. I, I'm excited to ride it. Uh, I've been excited to ride it. You know, this was originally supposed to open for the 50th anniversary, and to pretty much every Disney fans dismay it has been pushed back um it, it does make sense that they're now reopening it with the 100 year anniversary that's the big thing at disney parks in 2023 um so you know the 100 year anniversary of disney is a is a 
company, as a filmmaking company, as a media company, is is 2023. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm okay that it got pushed back as long as it's still coming and as long as we still get it and it's as cool as we think it's going to be. But there's no excuses to not have a super awesome queue uh, and everything working on day one. That's that's, that's a great point, right? Yeah. That's a great point with all of the delays and all that they've learned from opening things like Galaxy and Remy and and everything in uh, Batu. They should have this down to a real clean science now. So that's a great point. That's a that'll be, um, I think, part of the uh, judgment criteria for for it is you know how how do we manage the people in this? And you're right, there is no excuse, Ryan. It, and I think they did a really good job with Galaxy uh, uh, Rewind, right? Yep. Um, uh, Cosmic Rewind, rather, for Guardians of the Galaxy. So just do it again right? The, they got the virtual system plus the lightning lane figured out. I think it works perfectly. I'm okay with it as it is. Okay. Agree or disagree. It works. There's been no issues with it. Right. That's what you need for this too. And this is going to be a higher demand. Uh, you know, Cosmic Rewind's awesome, but this is going to be a higher demand. People have been looking forward to this for a long time. Any previews of any of the merch? I could really get into some 1980s style clothing. I'm I'm thinking about you in the spandex with like the blue lines up the side. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that, I'm that having that perfect look. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I think I got to wear it when I do my first ride too, so I may have to check it out early. I will um, make sure I'm not there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> is there uh, is there anything else uh, we should tell our listeners about this wonderful new attraction coming to the Magic Kingdom? What do you, what, I, nothing on my end. I think we pretty much covered it on my, on my end. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think the biggest thing is just to tell people and remind people, be patient. If you are there on day one, be patient. Like just, there's going to be bugs. I mean, hopefully it's been so long that it's just, things are going to, things are going to go smooth. But if there's bugs and stuff happens, just be patient. Be nice to the cast members. It's not their fault. It, it's not. No, not at all. Uh, and love. I'm all about it. Right? So until you become an electronic gladiator trapped in a fight to the finish inside the video world that you've created, later dudes. Later dudes. Later dudes. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Dudes Dish Disney. Please check us out on social media, on Facebook at Dudes Dish Disney, on Instagram at Dudes Dish Disney on Twitter at Disney underscore dish. Please visit our sponsor, Magic Vacations, at magicvacations.net. More than just a travel agency, Magic Vacations has over 60 Magic Vacation planners committed to bringing you white glove concierge service. Using a Magic Vacation planner allows you to spend more time making memories and less time worrying about the details. For all of your Disney, Universal, cruise and global travel, go to magicvacations.net. Magic Vacations, discover the magic of travel.